0: everyone. On today's episode, we're going to talk about something near and dear to my heart, and that is pets. You see, I have five dogs. I know you might think I'm crazy, but one thing that was interesting to me is what to do about pet custody and divorce. And I think you'll find this upcoming episode just fascinating, because I never thought about pet custody with my divorce. Have you? Well, stay tuned, and we'll learn more about it. Hi, beautiful. I'm so glad you're here with me today. I want to welcome you to another episode of the Her Empowered Divorce, the podcast where we bring you expert insights and advice to help you navigate your separation and divorce journey. Today, I have a very special guest, Carrie Jacobson, founder and CEO of Jacobson Family Law in Maryland. Carrie is a seasoned family law attorney who specializes in helping clients resolve their family disputes without court inven- intervention. Welcome, Carrie. It's so great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I ag- appreciate the opportunity. Oh, it's so great. I'm excited to be here and hear the valuable information that you have to share. So let's dive right in, and this is a really interesting topic to me because I am a pet lover. I actually have five dogs. People will think I'm crazy. I almost was going to bring a picture and show you. But we're going to talk about pet custody and how challenging it can be during a divorce. So Carrie, can you tell us how pet custody is determined when a couple decides to part ways? So honestly, it depends on the jurisdiction. There are okay. some
1: jurisdictions that will approach um, pet custody as if it were property. Um, here in Maryland, that's honestly the way that um, if it were before a court, a judge would likely address the issue is deciding you know, who is the owner of the pets um, and do that by figuring out, you know, who paid for them, who took care of them, those types of things. Gotcha. There are some jurisdictions that treat pets more like children and figure out what is in the best interest of the pets um, and,
0: and, and handle it that way. Interesting. So in my case, heaven forbid I ever got divorced. I have five dogs. It could be not only who gets the dogs, but maybe even splitting the dogs between the partners and things like that. Wow. Oh, that's sad. And just to let everybody know, I'm not going to get a divorce. This is my last (laughs) wonderful marriage. So that's it. (laughs) Um So now if one partner doesn't have custody, can they still request visitation in either of the kinds of jurisdictions you just mentioned? It would be more likely to be in those jurisdictions that treat pets
1: similar to kids um, and a court in theory could award a custody
0: access schedule um, with the pets. Interesting. Would there also be pet support, like there's child support?
1: So I will say that I've never done this in the court context. Um, I have dealt with this in the context of couples putting something in their agreement and addressing the issue in that manner. And in that scenario, I have seen situations where people will address both a custody and access arrangement with regard to the kids um, and also how they're going to financially uh, share expenses related to the pets.
0: You know, I think people now are really treating their pets so much like humans and so much like children that this is a natural evolution. Um, Mm -hmm. When you see it, do you see see that, do you see people so attached to their pets it's a little bit like children? Absolutely, yes.
1: And it can be a very difficult conversation for people. Um, And you know, there are even scenarios where the pet may have been one of the parties before coming into the relationship, right? But then the other person has grown attached to that pet. And so even in those scenarios, It's figuring out what, how they're going to handle it. Um, You know, sometimes the the pet aligns with the, with the other uh, person, not with the original owner.
0: Wow. That's fascinating. So do you have any stories? Um, Obviously it would be anonymous that you Mm -hmm. can share with us. Yes. So, Um, Sometimes what I've seen
1: is when there are children involved, that the pet kind of goes back and forth between the um, individuals similar to the kids, because sometimes the pet is also a support for the child, right? Right. And so um, there are scenarios where there's, you know, a custody schedule for the pets, just like there is for the children. Um right. I've seen scenarios where um they the parties decide to do a week on week off with the with the pets. Um other scenarios it could be because one one person travels more than the other. And so they put in provisions where the other person will take care of the pet while the person is traveling for work. Um so it you know the, the lovely thing is that people can create a schedule that works for them based on what their particular circumstances are.
0: Now, In some cases that are, I guess, more on the hostile side mm-hmm. that I've seen, people tend to want to win if you want. Right. Do yep. you see, um, do you see people kind of using the pets sometimes like using children, Uh, Mm -hmm. to uh, stick it to the other one or to hurt the other one. Rather than really wanting the animal, they just don't want the other person to have the animal. Hi, everyone. As parents, we often have gut feelings when something just isn't right. And this can be especially true in co-parenting arrangements where one parent is struggling with addiction if you're co-parenting with an ex who abuses alcohol Soberlink can help. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient reliable and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. The system's real-time alerts, facial recognition and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe. Attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and your kids are able to maintain healthy relationships with both parents. To sign up, Soberlink's offering $50 off your device for our listeners. Visit www.soberlink.com slash empowered, and that will be in the show notes as well.
1: Unfortunately, there are always those those sad scenarios, um, when, you know, hurting the other person is more important than doing the right thing. Um, I am fortunate that most of the clients that we work with, we don't encounter that, but I know that it still
0: happens. Wow. Um, so, um, Do you have situations where people have not put the pets in the agreement? Mm -hmm. And then what happens afterwards? Are they just in an argument? Are they, you know, having to go to court to fix it? Do they have to do another agreement? How does, how would that work? Yeah, so I
1: have had scenarios where people have either been vague in the language used in the agreement um, because they at the time just simply didn't want something specific or didn't feel like the other side would be willing to sign something specific and so they basically said you know they will share access with the pets as can be arranged between them unfortunately because we are here in maryland and maryland looks at it more of a property issue uh, it's really not going to be helpful for parties to go back to court and ask for a decision at that point, um, because then it's just really going to be a question of who's going to be the owner. And it's not likely to be a specific access schedule. So it's important gotcha. for people to be very specific in their agreement if, and to address this issue um, so that they don't have problems in the future.
0: Now I've heard a lot about service animals and support yeah. animals. Would would the courts or would agreements handle that differently? Um, I would say
1: it is likely that they would handle that differently because that end of, that pet is for the service of that individual person, um, gotcha. and so. And I would think that in that scenario, it's more likely that that individual animal is the property of that individual person because of it being a service animal.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. <clears throat> is there anything? Um, is there anything specific that someone thinking about divorce, kind of approaching it? needs to think about in regards to the animal and would would it be different if you were in mediation versus if you were trying to get a settlement?
1: So I think regardless of whether you're in settlement or mediation, you can approach it in a similar manner. Um, things to consider are going to be where you intend to live, you know, is there going to be a place for the animal, especially if you're going to be renting, right? Like if you're post-divorce and it's likely that you're going to be renting a place, are you going to be allowed to have animals? Um, You're not likely going to be able to have five dogs, you know, in a rental property. Right? (laughs) (laughs) So that's something to consider, you know, who is going to be able to have the pets with them. The other thing that I think is critically important to consider is are you going to be able to financially support them Um, and how you're going to address that? Because we all know as pet owners, you know, care for the animals can be expensive, especially as they get older um, and, you know, need more care and more medications and that sort of thing. So it is definitely important to to keep that in mind
0: right and i would think that you would if if the custody was awarded to one person i would think there might also be something in there that says if you're ever thinking of rehoming that animal you need to give the other person the opportunity to take the animal before you rehome it that is absolutely something that could be
1: added to an agreement yes
0: um Do you have any other examples of cases of pet custody that would help the audience uh, kind of understand what other people have been through? Mm. So I have worked
1: with um, a couple and they had a scenario where They split the cost of the animals and they split the custody. So, um, one, one person took one of the pets and the other person took the other pet, but they did agree that they would continue to care for financially, both of the pets together. Um, and it was a scenario where they would also, you know, if one party was going to be away, the other party would take care of the dogs, you know, together and that sort of thing. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. and you know, we're talking about domestic animals, dogs, cats, that sort of thing. Um, but you know, for those folks who may be in a, in a other areas there, I've had a one or two scenarios where we had to deal with horses.
0: So, uh, yeah. you know, uh,
1: yeah, you have to consider all pets and what their needs are as well.
0: Many people feel divorce is a death sentence, but with the right support and guidance, you can move through the process with knowledge, skills, and confidence. It can also be a time of growth and progress. As a divorce and empowerment coach, I'm an invaluable member of your divorce team. I help you understand and navigate the process, come to terms with your emotions, avoid costly mistakes, Learn skills to help you communicate and negotiate, find your true voice, and create an empowered life post-divorce. If you're interested in learning more, schedule a free consultation at herempowereddivorce.com. Yeah, and those would be extra expensive with boarding costs and things like that. I hadn't even thought of that. I just think of the traditional cat Mm -hmm. and dog kind of thing so that's fascinating these are just fantastic tips and I'm um, I just really think that it's going to be helpful but I like to ask all my guests about what are three important tips or steps you would suggest to them in regard to pet custody in a divorce
1: so I think the first is to again Think about what you can do financially um, and whether or not you're going to be able to care for that pet financially or address how to split the cost uh, regarding the, the pets. The other important thing is take into consideration if you do have kids how they are attached to the pet. Um, yes. And, you know, because it's going to be very important for the for the kids to have that support um, and know where, when and where they're gonna be able to see the pet. And the third thing I would say is, you know, also consider the nature of the, the pet. Is that pet someone who does well with traveling? You know, if, if I know that there are some dogs and some cats that may be more, willing to travel back and forth, but then there are some that are very anxious and that wouldn't be a good scenario for them. And so really taking into consideration what your pet would be able to withhold with sand.
0: Wow, that's that is so true to think about, and and particularly I was thinking about when you were talking about the children and the pets. I would think if you separated the children from the pets, that would make the transition for the children even harder.
1: Yes, and I have had that scenario where you know, the the child was with the parent who had the pet, um, but really had a hard time visiting the other parent because their animal wasn't there. And so, you know, it it can be really tough on the kids um, to be separated from that pet.
0: Absolutely. Well, those are great tips, and I'm sure the listeners are going to find them valuable. But before we end, how can everyone find you? And can you also give us a little summary of all the kinds of things that you do in your practice? Sure. So you can find
1: us on social media. Um, We're on just about every uh, channel, and it's Jacobson Family Law. Um, our website is jacobsonfamilylaw.com. You can find us TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, all the things. Um, and we work with clients on helping them resolve their custody or divorce issues outside of court. Um, and that can be through mediation, collaborative divorce, settlement negotiations. We also work with people in creating pre and post-nuptial agreements and their estate plans.
0: Yes, I think pre and post nuptial agreements are so critical. Um, The other thing I was thinking about, too, in this subject is a will is so important in this regard, not particularly if you have children, but also if you have pets in that regard, too. Yes, and you can provide in your estate plan um,
1: who's going to take care of the pets. And if you're going to leave any money for their care, that is something you can address in your estate plan as well.
0: Wow. Wonderful. Thank you once again, Carrie, for joining me today and sharing your expertise on pet custody. This has been just very interesting. I loved having you. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. And if anyone would like to hear more from Carrie, we have an episode in our Divorce Expert series where she talks about the role of an attorney in divorce, and I encourage you to listen to that as well. All of the information about Carrie, her practice, and myself will be available in the show notes on our website, herempowereddivorce.com on the podcast page. Please share this episode with your friends and family to help spread the knowledge and empowerment so we can help more women in this situation. That's all for today's episode of Her Empowered Divorce please be sure to tune in for our next episode where we'll be featuring more expert advice to support you on your separation and divorce journey. Thank you for joining us today and remember you are not alone in this process. Stay empowered and take care. How do you navigate
1: divorce without destroying family relationships or finances? I'm Jamie Davis, board-certified family law attorney, mediator, and host of A Year in a Day Divorce Without Destruction. On my podcast, I talk with everyone from marriage therapists and financial planners to private investigators and parenting coordinators to uncover what you need to know to have the best legal and emotional divorce experience possible, though it's not legal advice. Tune in to A Year in a Day, Divorce Without Destruction, every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Her Empowered Divorce podcast. Remember, divorce doesn't have to be a death sentence. With the right support and guidance, you can move through the process with knowledge, skills, and confidence. And it can also be a time of growth and empowerment. A divorce and empowerment coach is an invaluable member of your divorce team. I help you understand and navigate the process Come to terms with your emotions, avoid costly mistakes, find your true voice, and create an empowered life post-divorce. If you're interested in learning more, schedule a free consultation at HerEmpoweredDivorce.com and be sure to check out my other episodes of Her Empowered Divorce podcast and resources on my website or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This will help me reach out to more women in the same space so you are not so alone. I appreciate your support. Until next time, take care and stay empowered.